This podcast is made possible by Optimizely. Optimizely is the leader in progressive delivery and experimentation. Our platform includes feature flagging, progressive rollouts, and A-B testing. We help your teams release software quickly, then test and learn in production before rolling out to all users. Using the Optimizely full stack platform puts product managers at the center of the product development process, allowing you to de-risk big ideas, make bold bets, and build better products. Welcome to the Product Podcast, brought to you by Product School, the podcast where you get fresh insight from leaders at top tech companies and startups. Remember, you can learn product management in person at our 15 campuses worldwide or study with us online. Visit productschool.com to learn more about our courses. You can also hang out with the leaders from these podcasts at our hundreds of annual events and catch us at ProductCon, the world's largest PM conference that takes place every year across the United States and in London. Hi, I'm Nina. I am a director of product at Forbes. Um, my team is focused on Forbes.com, um, basically every page on Forbes.com. So the front end for products, we're split into two teams. One manages all of the pages that you see. So if you go to article, you probably Google something, coronavirus, you'll see a Forbes article come up in your Google search. You'll click on that. Those pages, our article pages, are 90% of our revenue. So my team is responsible for that 90%. Um, and our other front-end team is responsible for user engagement. So anything that happens on the site that's uh, helping us get loyal users, get more information about our users, and create kind of like subscription model. Um, here's a little bit of my background. Um, for my professional background, you can see that I have an affinity for media. Um, I started my career working in broadcast journalism. Um, I graduated in 2008, and I wanted to be in local news. Um, as everyone knows, in 2008, everything kind of crashed, and local news wasn't really a thing, and people were creating their own types of news, like Huffington Post, and I was kind of doing like, you know, their own on-the-ground journalism. Um, and so everything changed, and... Um, my head of the station at uh, Ch Channel 5 in Boston told me that media is a business. Like, it's a business more than ever. We're reliant on advertisers to stay afloat. So you should probably go to business school. So I went to business school. Um, I learned a lot there. And um, at that time, there actually was no such thing called product. Like, product was really starting in Silicon Valley and trickling in as a concept. So it, there, I couldn't take classes in that. I think the closest thing would have been like computer science major. Um, so once I went to business school and I went back into media, I kind of realized that my background in journalism plus my understanding of business actually was the perfect combination to go into products. And so after business school, all my jobs in media were no longer focused on the journalism side, but they were in product side. Um, fun fact, so I'm doing a talk February 26th. Um, it's going to be about innovating. Forbes is a 101-year-old company, so how do you innovate um, in, a, in product, but also culturally, um, how do you innovate? Um, I'm getting married in June, so anyone that's um, been married or thinking about getting married or went to a wedding knows that it's definitely like a second job, so that's been Actually, I feel like I should put that on my resume. I feel like I'm a project manager too now. So um, 
And then I'm teaching a class in the fall. Um, I'm not sure what, what class, but we'll go over the types of classes. Um, and that's my contact information. Feel free to reach out to me. So just to kick off, my favorite product is this. Um, anyone that has not straight hair knows that, you know, for, for, for a person to get out of the house as fast as possible, um, your hair is a big um, kind of part of your day, and I value time. So for me as a user, I want something that's going to give me two-in-one. And so this device, it dries my hair and it straightens my hair, and I only need this. I don't need a brush or anything else. So for me, this is my favorite product. <laughs> so what is product? Um, I think for me being in media, product means that we don't have something tangible. It's not like I have, you know, like uh, something that I can hold in my hand or something that I can give to somebody um, or sell to them. It's kind of really the content is the product in media. Um, is anyone in media here? Okay, so you guys know, like, our we're we are only as good as our content, and really my job is to. Um, you know, think about how we can deliver the content to our users in a way that's delightful um, and also create content that our, our advertisers will, um, you know, see and value and want to work with us. Um, so content is a mechanism for, for us to, to build platforms that will drive the, that content. Um, at other companies, products, like for example, Amazon product means something different. Apple product is very design focused. Um, Facebook product is very data focused. So I think product is so different in different organizations, but what doesn't change in my opinion, and with a lot of other opinions, I'm, hard, I'm sure you guys have seen this, is that product is really the intersection of business engineering and design. Um, and really, if you have an understanding of one and an interest in the others, then product is something that you can do. Um, Additionally, product also has a lot of different kind of subsets, like the in-between these areas. Um, in my organization, we, we have product owners and then versus product managers. There's a lot of different terminology. Um, each organization defines product in their own way. Um, but I actually started working as a technical project manager before I got into product. Um, I was the kind of the intermediary between our CTO and our developers. And we were trying to build um, a back-end platform. So that's when eventually they were like, oh, you're a product manager. I, I don't think that they even knew like, what that, that concept was early on. Um, but there's a lot of engineers that are trying to go to product um, because we work closely with our engineers. And if they have an understanding of the back-end, front-end technologies and an interest in the users, the end users, then it seems like you know it's a kind of easy uh, progression. Um, design, same thing. They understand the experience for the user. They understand the pain points for the user, um, visually how it should look, uh, functionally how it should feel. Um, and then for business product analysts, um, in my company, it's um, a business intelligence role where um, they really look at the data and they say, okay, like these types of users are high value. They come back six or more times a month. I think we should think of ways to really kind of 
um, you know, give them some more. Like once they come to the six time in a month, that means they're really loyal to Forbes. They like our content. Let's find more about them. Um, so product as a concept is so big and it has all these kind of areas around it where if you either work in it, you're, you know, you're kind of easily integrated in product. Um, or if you're interested in some subset of product, like this kind of is a great map to look at. So when I look at um, uh, new um, people that come to our office that want to get a job in product, I personally am focused for our junior people more on organization, communication, and stakeholder management. And really that says to me, you can keep things um, you know, together. When there's 10 million things happening, you're organized, you can you know, have notes, you can share, you, you can um, communicate properly communication and then stakeholder management is important because in product we're dealing with so many different types of people in the organization who all think that they have the most important problems that needs to be solved and there's a lot of times where you're in a meeting and one you know part of the company is asking you for something and another part is asking for something and they're both mad at you because you're not delivering them and the most important part of that is to stay calm so those three things, as far as like soft skills, I really look for as a new, someone who's trying to break into product. Um, that might be different at organizations where they value technical skill. Like, you know, Amazon probably wants somebody who has uh, an understanding of a tech, some technical language. Um, and then for a product manager, I've, I really look for those three things always, but then also some tangible experience in product. Um, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have an actual title that says product manager, but something that cues that you are curious about it. Because really product management, product development is a curiosity. It's a curiosity about like who your user is, like what are you trying to communicate to, the, to, to your end user, um, and what is the value that you're bringing them. So um, if you, you, know, if you, if you do, are having trouble getting a job, there's a lot of different ways that you can prove that you have tangible experience in product. Um, and I'll get to that as well. Um, these are some other things within product, like some technical requirements for early on. If, if you can you know, just look at some data and understand what it means, like Google Analytics or use Excel, then you can be taught, you, know, you can be um, onboarded into any kind of platform that your company may use. Um, some nice-to-haves for me at Forbes as a media company, some understanding of web technologies, like what is a front-end, what is a back-end, what framework um, are these web pages on, um, and then at, there's ads on a page, so ad operations is, is important to me. Um, and then just some other affiliate marketing, data visualization tools like Power BI or Domo. These are things that not only product people use, um, so these are always nice to have if people are interested in them. Um, and so to get into products, I always give advice. I have a lot of friends that are in engineering and they want to go into product. And they say that it's really difficult when I go into an interview because they say, what experience have you had? And so there's a lot of ways that you can get experience that isn't just getting a job in product. But you can have an interim step. Aside from taking a class at product school, on top of that, you can also 
like help your family and friends. So um, I had a friend who asked his dad, his dad had a construction company and he noticed that his dad's um, website for the company was super old. It was just like not user friendly. It didn't show up on Google search. It was just not optimized for anything. Um, and so he's like, can I have this project? Can I take it on and try to create a better website and get some insight? And so he hired a web developer and he worked with them and he updated his dad's website. Um, so that's a way that he could put that on his resume and now can say, I have experience helping a small business get modern and grow. Um, also, uh, I had an interview with someone who, um, he had a company that he really liked, but he thought that one part of their product wasn't like done well. So he created this whole plan. He created a prototype. He explained why. He created KPIs. He did this whole kind of plan of how to improve this product. And he brought that to an interview and showed it to them. Um, and said, I don't have experience, but look, this is this proves my product thinking. This proves that I'm curious and that I actually um, I'm thoughtful about what what you guys do. Um, you can start a blog too. Um, Upwork is a site that you can help with. Um, you know, a lot of businesses go on there and they need some help on their sites or their companies are trying to start. They're trying to create an app. Um, after grad school, when I was trying to understand what product was and get into it, I started helping this startup. Um, and it was the app actually was kind of similar to Concierge, um, where it was like Uber for the dental uh, industry. Um, it was an app that connected you to, connected dentists to temp um, hygienists. So before you would have to go through a recruiting agency and they would, it was a whole long process. So he just created kind of like an Uber for this dental community. Um, and he was having me look at his app. And I said, I think you just need some, someone to go on your app and be able to sign up while they're in the bathroom. Like that's, that's like, that should be your proof of concept is like, can this person sign up for your app in the bathroom? Like while they're on the toilet, can they just sign up? Because if they have to go and get 5 million pieces of documents and they have to spend all this time that's a blocker. No one's going to sign up. I now realize that that is part of product. You're thinking about the user. You're thinking about how can this person get onboarded to my company as soon as, as, soon as possible. Um, and so for me, why I chose product as an area that I wanted to invest in is because in any single day in my life as a product director, these are the types of people that I connect with. So these, this is all the departments in my company that there's probably more, but I like being at the center of the business. I like understanding all parts of the business. Sometimes it can be overwhelming, but mostly it's really insight, insightful and you're kind of like in a real world um, case study because you're understanding like why design is so passionate about a button color why you know bi is so passionate about understand putting a tracking on a, on a on a you know um arrow you understand why legal won't let you say use certain words on your um explainer sites like so there so as a product manager at a company you really get like schooling almost you get to learn about every single part of the business and i know they call 
product managers, mini CEOs. Um, and I don't know if that's still like cool. I'm, I'm not up to date with the lingo, but, um, but you really do get an insight that um, maybe is more difficult if you're siloed off in a different department. Um, Marty Kagan is a great uh, author and he wrote a book called Inspired. Um, and he said, the role of the product manager is to discover a product that is valuable, usable, and feasible. Um, this is one of my favorite MVPs, which is MVP is a minimum viable product or a minimum marketable product, depending um, how you look at it in product. But uh, Drew Houston, the founder of Dropbox, he had this idea and wanted to prove the concept. Um, so how do you think he created a MVP? How do you think he proved the concept? So instead of like building um, a, like a version of Dropbox and seeing if people wanted it, he just made a video showing what Dropbox could do and then said like, do you, if you, you know, after you watch this video, sign up if you want to learn more. And people signed up and then he's like, this is my proof. This is my minute. This is my MVP. Um, and that just shows you that, um, you know, MVPs are supposed to open the door. They're not supposed to give you the answers, but they're supposed to open the door to your next steps. Um, and so for him, he, this is a screenshot of his uh, presentation that he did. Um, his biggest risk for Dropbox was making something that no one wants. Not launching is painful, but not learning is fatal. Put something in users' hands. It doesn't have to be in code and get real feedback ASAP. So he literally, he didn't code anything. He didn't make anything. He just made a video showing what his product could do and then asked if people wanted, wanted it, wanted to know more. Um, and then know where your target audience hangs out and speak to them in an authentic, an authentic way. So this video has, um, I can't remember the song, but he was very strategic about the song that he picked in his video, where he posted the video, um, the apps that he showed in the video. Like he really was subliminally targeting or calling or, you know, calling upon his target audience. So it seemed so simple, a video, but it really proved that he knew who his users are. Um, and some keys to product success, and I'm going to like talk about it um, in relationship to Forbes um, to give some kind of texture, but you have to start with a vision. So for Forbes, our vision is really to get people to content as fast as possible. It's super simple, but that's really what we're trying to do. Um, our customers are readers that Google and Google a question and because we have great SEO, they'll, you know, find a Forbes article probably faster than others. But also our readers are CMOs, CFOs, people in the industry that want to read industry specific content. Um, our KPIs, KPIs always shift, but really loyal users has been one of our biggest KPIs is can we get people on our site six or more times in a month? Because we are no longer a one and done industry. Media used to be kind of like, you know, 80 to 90% of your users came once and that was it. Um, and you really optimized for that one time. And now we're shifting towards more shifting that kind of diagram to, you know, at least like 30% or more will come more times. So we're not trying to optimize for a one time user. Um, an MVP you know, for at Forbes, obviously, 101 years ago, we don't really have MVPs anymore. But um, 
when uh, Malcolm Forbes started Forbes, he was actually writing books about successful people. He was writing books about successful billionaires, about successful women, and people loved his stories. They loved his books, and they wanted more. And so he created his first list, um, and really, like his ideas and his point of view was the MVP for Forbes. Like he was like, people want to hear about successful people, and they want to read about how they were successful and what their values are. Um, and then test, validate, and iterate on For at Forbes. Um, anytime we launch something on our site, we test on 10% of the site. So we launch it to a specific group of people. So if you go on Forbes.com and you see something that's like weird or off, um, that's you're bucketed in a test and we're testing to see if it affects our KPIs in any way. Sometimes our validation is, all right, we added this new thing to the page and none of our metrics change and that's a success. It's like, okay, it didn't break anything. We, like, let's launch it fully and see what happens. This podcast is made possible by Optimizely. To learn more about how you can get started with progressive delivery and experimentation, visit www.optimizely.com. Thank you for listening to the Product Podcast. If you like this episode, don't forget to leave a review on iTunes. For more product insights, head over to productschool.com.